Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? This is Luke with Owls Radio, and um, I'm here today at the Champs Trade Show, and um, we decided to do a podcast. I happened to run into a friend, uh, Eric from PharmaX, Oregon, and uh, Eric, if you want to just say a couple words there, introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm Eric Berkovitz with PharmaX, Oregon. Uh, we do some stuff in the hemp space and some stuff in the recreational space in Oregon. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, talking to you. Cheers. Uh, we So Eric actually makes some really, really fire extracts. We were, we were chatting about uh, hydrocarbon extraction and isolating CBDA and uh, just talking about the industry as a whole. And uh, we have a lot in common. Obviously, being in Oregon is 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 huge. And um, yeah, Eric is more in the recreational side um, of the cannabinoids, where we're sort of more on the hemp side. But you're also doing your you're also doing the hemp terpene. So why don't you talk to us a little bit more about your business and, yeah, and some you want of the me to you work start on? with kind of my background, like how yeah. I got here. Okay, so I started out in Texas. Uh, I've got Tourette syndrome, so I've got like a little twitch in my shoulder, mm-hmm. which was causing causing like chronic muscle fatigue and some other like issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and cannabis, I found, helped me. And in Texas, you know, it's dangerous there. I mean, at least at the time, ten plus years ago, it was illegal. So we got into um, making edibles and extracts just because it was a little, at least at the time, a little more inconspicuous. Uh, I got arrested for cannabis possession a couple times in, in Texas, and I ended up moving to Oregon after I got those all cleared up, and we got a medical card and had a medical grow for quite quite some time, and also got into hydrocarbon processing through the skunk farm people who are based out of Portland, Oregon. So tell me, what was what was that like, right? We've just gotten to the... This is, this is probably, you know, when I first came over to... Uh, to the United States. I remember my first butane extract was uh, in a PVC pipe. And um, we, we, you know, I remember seeing like this oil come out and being like, holy crap, this is cannabis oil. And this like, what the hell is this stuff? And we were, I was, you know, thinking back now, I mean, we were watching this thing. We, 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 we put all the, all the cannabis inside, blasted it, open blasted it. We let that thing sit for probably like five minutes 10 minutes in the sunlight thing was still bubbling and we put it on a joint and we're like this is the best stuff ever but it was probably (laughs) just late butane um so what was it like you know obviously again i come from ireland so 
the thoughts of even having any sort of perception as to like what it was like? Uh, it's, it was crazy. So when I was in Texas, I'd actually found their website. They'd been going for a year or two, posted on blogs. It kind of started open. So can we just talk briefly what skunk farms was for everyone who really doesn't even be pre future 4,200 kind of left behind and forgot about and anybody who's like an OG knows really running large scale hydrocarbon. That's where they found it. I mean, so what Skunk Farm is, is they had a WordPress blog, uh, JD, and he goes by Grey Wolf, and uh, Eloquent Solution is Carla Kay, and then they had some other people, Kate and Joe as well. And they they had a blog that was basically cannabis science, how to decarboxylate oil, uh, how to winterize, like do alcohol extractions, and they started doing uh, butane. They started open sourcing uh, basically what became the first closed loop systems sometime around 2011 or so and but they were doing it out of like brewing equipment you know ss304 sanit- sanitary steel and, and those kind of tri-clamp connections which is essentially what it is now on a larger scale yeah. and they just open sourced it they showed people what they were doing their shopping lists how they put them together and then they started doing classes and further instruction and and really a lot of what we're doing today uh what what all the other people are doing today is based on what they had done and unfortunately about three or four years ago, they got tied up in a lawsuit just because they brought on some financial partners and it got weird. And it's over now. I don't know exactly how much I'm allowed to say about it. But basically, mm-hmm. the Skunk Farm website isn't run by that team anymore. And it stopped getting built on. And, you know, the industry ran with Future 4200 and, you know, other other things. Some people go on Facebook groups or Reddit groups or whatever. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they were the the giants that were standing on their shoulders right now. They They really innovated a lot from hydrocarbon extraction to post-processing like you know decarboxylation and and other stuff um but the first time i met them i'd already kind of played them up in my head it's like you know these crazy scientists yeah and um i show up at this house in in southeast portland just a little unassuming house and i go there for a class uh when I bought my first MK3 Turpinator, it had a quarter pound, you know, material column. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, right? Huge, right? And, uh, you know, Carla Kay answers the door, you know, nice older lady who kind of reminds me of my grandma. And she's like, come in, take a dab. And she's got an e-nail, which I'd never seen before. It's like 2013. Yeah. She had like 30 jars on her table, like baby food jars that were just full of extracts. And uh, she was just dabbing people out, just pea-sized dabs, uh, you know everybody's just laying on the floor and <laughs> having more dabs than they'd ever had before. And she's like, all right, let's go in the backyard and do this class. So she had like an enclosed deck on her backyard uh, that we, you know, learned how to run a closed loop on. And Cyclopath was there. Oh, uh, nice. A couple other people that I've like seen grow and do other cool stuff over the years. We, a lot of us got her start in her backyard. Um, literally. Literally. <laughs> and, uh, since then, you know, I've made made good friends with them. I've uh, spent a lot of time with Carla Kay, and she's helped me a lot in my endeavors. She was mm-hmm. part of the Farmex team for a while. Um, and then uh, JD, he's a little bit more elusive. He's, he's a loudmouth online, but he's really quiet and reserved in person. And uh, I haven't got to spend as, as much time with him as I have with, with Carla, but he's just a wealth of knowledge. And so tell me, Skunk Farms comes in, you're starting to learn... Uh, you're on the medical side and then and, and then what was the what was the change for you what was the change for you then so OMMP uh, didn't have processing licenses which is medical for, for everyone medical 
growers, patients, caregivers, and dispensaries. Mm -hmm. And then when they started doing the medical licenses for processing, uh, I got one of those. And about a year later, recreational came in and everybody switched over to rec. And there was only like 10 of us left. And it just kept going down and down and down. And I found myself in 2017 as the last medical processor. Mm -hmm. And there were still three dispensaries left that were OMMP only. And all the OMMP only growers that didn't really have any routes to like move their medicine uh, were coming to me. So I was doing that with Carla Kay for quite some time. We mm -hmm. were doing the extracts and then also post-processing and making, you know, edibles and sublinguals and tinctures and all that stuff for the medical market at much higher doses than we're allowed to do now. Sure. And uh, basically around the beginning of 2020, the last medical dispensary essentially was shutting its doors and we still have the growers and the caregivers and the patients, but that program, as we know, it, it doesn't exist Gone. anymore really. Uh, so I was forced into, uh, the hemp industry really. So we, we kind of took a hiatus from doing like medicine and extracts and moved into the hemp terpenes. Uh, we had a, a small still, like a new house still. And, and that was our first year, three years ago, we did hemp terpenes. And over the years, we've kind of grown and expanded into like larger mint tubs and industrial steam stills. So can we slow it down for somebody who has no idea, right? Start talking. So just again, I like to really go from the, the roots here. So terpenes, how do we, how do, how do you get to the point where you, and there's all different varieties of terpenes, right? And, and, and purification of terpenes. So can you just give a, a brief walkthrough for somebody who, uh, doesn't really get, you know, what terpenes are, even terpenes yeah. are, and how you extract so, them. So terpenes are uh, really simple hydrocarbons made out of isoprene units, and basically are what give cannabis most of its flavor and smell, uh, at least as far as we really understand in the cannabis industry sure. now. And they're basically similar to what a lot of people know as essential oils, lavender mm -hmm. oil, mint oil. You know, it's a, it's a clear extract that kind of looks like water, and it's just... just pungent, super, super strong, uh, concentrated smells. Um, and what we do is, and there's a couple ways to go about it, but we use steam distillation. So we'll put water and, and plant material in a vessel, add heat, and then we'll collect the steam in a condenser. And then basically you'll have a condenser full of uh, water and oil and the terpenes are lighter than the water. Mm -hmm. They'll float to the top. Uh, and we'll, we'll just kind of scoop those off. It's just like a separation funnel or something. and Just, just essentially a separatory funnel. Yep. You can either drain the bottom or pour off the top, mm -hmm. depending on your setup. And then, you know, there's some moisture in there. So we use, you know, desiccating salts and further mm -hmm. filtering. And then we try to store them really cold with inert gas on top just so they don't degrade. Because terpenes oh, nice. degrade real quick. Because I'm sure anybody who's dried their own weed before has smelled it in the fields. And then smelled it again once it's been drying for two days, and then smelled it again like a week later. Smelled it again in like a year's it time, and <laughs> changing. And um, you know, a lot of those monoterpenes are super volatile, and and some people think unpleasant, a little harsh to smoke too. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's uh, essentially what the terpenes are. We use them mostly to flavor distillate cartridges. And now that we're talking about the different terpenes, I think it's I think this sort of segues nicely into uh just talking about the different terpenes that we really receive depending on that curing process so um i'm not sure if you've been following lately but there's definitely uh a push at least that some of the more boutique growers uh are basically saying you know live resin is actually 
doing harm to this industry in terms of there's no real uh basically i suppose that everything stops at the point when the flower is, is is finished growing because it's just chopped and frozen and then it's run and it's basically you're dealing with i don't want to say uh basic terpenes isn't really the right way but uh terpenes at the same time just like cannabinoids will change and evolve into other terpenes so if you have a live resin yeah boom off the nose smells great and i mean i can't say that there's many live resins that i've said that i wouldn't like yeah but um i think that they all smell amazing but then going deeper into it it seems like there's a whole other level of actually curing the the bud and and having those terpenes and then running that that material a lot of like you know, when the entourage effect we talk about, uh, which if you don't know, is, you know, the sum of the cannabinoids you consume is greater than all of its parts. So if you have mm-hmm. THC uh, versus THC along mm-hmm. with all these other cannabinoids and terpenes, mm-hmm. when you have them all for full spectrum, obviously you're going to get, well, I, I say obviously, but if you don't know, you know, you will sure. get, you know, a more uh, typically longer lasting, stronger, you know, effect. Effects. Um, so what, what I think is that when we cure... Uh, our cannabis, if you look at testing, you can have flour that, that stays mostly THCA for one year, two years, three years. I mean, I've had older flour that I test, and it's still mostly THCA. You're not seeing a lot of THC. You're not seeing a lot of CBN. Sure. I mean, decarboxylation takes a lot of time and energy, a lot of energy. I mean, we use more heat, you know, to get it done faster. But the terpenes are really volatile. And I'm thinking... Uh, you know, when you have those triterpenes and those sesquiterpenes as your dominant terpenes, and a lot of those monoterpenes have kind of dissipated, that's why more cured stuff typically giving you that stonier feeling, that more sedative feeling, more so than the cannabinoids. Mm. And obviously, though, as time goes on, that those terpenes are definitely going away. Absolutely. You know, there's no question that's about like the it. Whole, like curing thing, because I mean, we kind of cure it based on smell really i mean the cannabinoids aren't changing all that much yeah i wonder i wonder is the curing process different if you were to do fresh live resin you do the initial extraction and then there's a curing post process after the fact you have it in a jar you burp it once a day whatever it is treat it just like you would with the buds versus get the buds because i i'm all for like let's condense this let's condense this bud down right now because like we just dropped a few acres and we need to get this thing condensed ASAP before it, you know, is turning into biomass. Right. And so it's a very fine line of, of wanting. And I think freezing it is a wonderful idea because it takes off a lot of headache. Obviously you need a big container to freeze it, but sort of, you don't need to be too concerned about, uh, about how you're going to dry it however water content getting into your material is another is another tough one um because it's frozen our our emulsive after the fact we're removing moisture after the fact to keep it out of our butane yeah but you know when you're running i guess if you keep everything really really cold and you take some extra precautions you can minimize it but like you see with rosin something that has a lot of moisture in it kind of goes rancid it causes oxidation and rancidity and weird flavors and smells that you don't really get when you don't have that moisture in there you also got those fats and lipids in the rosin too so it's like i don't know there's there's a there has to there's a good in between i think i i'm appreciative i'm appreciative now of all extracts um 
I think that I definitely think that rosin gets me higher than anything though. For whatever reason, I don't know what it is, but there's definitely something with rosin, and it's just like it's more of a full body effect. It's a little on the yeah. Side but if you ever do, part. if you ever like, if if you ever doing winterization of some nice bud, I mean, the fats and lipids smell f- wonderful. A lot of the time, they smell wonderful, and I suppose maybe you could. I'm thinking purify the fats effectively, right? By maybe spinning it in a centrifuge or something like that to really make sure that all your terpenes, cannabinoids are out of there. I think a lot of cannabinoids are left in those wax. Yeah, there's bags. a lot. I haven't actually taken any wax to a lab. Now I've got some in-house testing, so we'll play with that a little more. But yeah. I'm sure there's a lot. And, and the terpenes as well, mm-hmm. which maybe people can use for like lotion or candles or something soap i don't know i mean the fats and lipids are good i mean if you if you're if you're doing a topical if you're doing even a tincture to some points you want those fatties fatty acids in there i think it aids the entourage effect i mean we don't know exactly what does do you know do you know how they like work backwards in israel do you know what they're so so israel's got like 100 strains or whatever strains and those are like the approved strains they work with and what they'll do is the let's say there's a group of kids with a certain type of seizure. Mm-hmm. They'll give them, you know, all sorts of different flour until they find a flower that like 80% or whatever the number there is it's looking for works. And then they're like, all right, so here's the flower that works for this thing. And then they start deconstructing it. So they're like, well, let's recreate this cannabinoid and terpene profile, but just with isolates and give it to them. And then they start taking things out one at a time mm. until they find like, what's actually the combination of cannabinoids and terpenes that's like giving them this effect and they've been on it israel for quite some time they're way ahead they're light years ahead of us i um, saw dr Didi miri speak a couple times at the cannabis science conference that we have here in portland typically Mm -hmm. every august so i guess that's coming up if they don't cancel it but um that's what he was talking about and he's one of Raphael mashulam's like main main students proteges whatever uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think once we start doing that in the U.S., or, or maybe just kind of see what Israel's doing, we'll kind of start to see what's actually causing this entourage effect. But I wouldn't be surprised if these other, you know, lipids or waxes or any other things are aiding it, especially when you're eating it. Yeah, no question. No question. And I think from uh, from just going around the show yesterday, I mean so many new cannabinoids are are coming out and i think it's uh, fascinating just to think of you know five years ago putting some cannabis in a pvc pipe and getting this sort of waxy oily substance out to yesterday uh <laughs> now we're talking to uh uh people about hhc and uh, we actually have a couple samples here of some HHC. And um, for those of you who don't know, HHC is uh, called hexahydrocannabinol. I believe. Right, hexahydrocannabinol. And um, this is probably going to be the new hottest cannabinoid. There's definitely THCO as well. I've, I've tried that too. Main thing is is that HHC is 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 effectively your backup safety for anyone involved with Delta Eight because it is fully compliant in nearly every state unless they have some rules about. I mean, depending, some states might say no artificially derived cannabinoids, but majority of them are saying 
None of those ones with the THC right, in it. Three letters. Yeah, if you got that THC in it. You know, yesterday, <laughs> Delta 8, everybody had to put stickers over their sign where it said Delta 8. But I found someone selling openly THCO. Yeah. And there was uh, a couple other, like, you know, I think I saw someone selling Delta 10 open. It was the Delta 8 was the no-no. Yeah, Delta 8's the no-no. And so... Uh, and so it's a really fascinating time because there's over 155, I think, identified different cannabinoids right now. Not including all the synthetic ones. The oh, yeah. And the JWHs. And yeah, and now it's there. like we're just starting to unravel all of this. So um, Eric had the good ideas for us to keep a clean head this morning and uh and and try these out and and see what they're like so um and to give a little bit of feedback so let's uh let's have a little see here uh how what these are like we tried them yesterday but again when you're at an event it's sort of hard to see uh really are what the effects the smoke are like alarm off in here okay right on yeah, I've. Uh, it's a beauty of vapor, right? I mean, it's like more often than not, I, I haven't been successful in setting off an uh, an alarm yet. I don't think I have either. Try to be cautious, though. I'd hate to set an alarm off in such a big hotel. Yeah, I'd say, hey, Eric, Eric came by. I don't know who this guy is. He brought this cannabis stuff and get him out of here. He just started right. smoking in my I room. I guess it's legal here. Well, the Delta Eight isn't. That's funny. I mean, we're in this, this state, Nevada, and the Delta 8 is illegal, but they've got rec shops on every corner and CBD shops on every corner. Um, I feel it. I feel it right in my forehead first. I don't get it as much with Delta 9 anymore, but when I, I used to do big dabs, I'd get this like feeling of like a pinprick in the center of my brain and then like blood rushing through my head, kind of. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I mean, I'm definitely feeling it. I think my lungs could be the terps, but... Um, I feel like a, I, I feel like it's like a, it's like a contracting of, 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 I don't know how to put it, but tightening of the chest. It's a tight, I have a tightening of the chest. Very used to like, if I took a big dab it's and, this, uh, and this last one was definitely a heavier hit because it wasn't, uh, wasn't working, but I have that feeling of like when I take a dab and I'm like short of breath is sort of how I feel, which is something that as funny as it sounds, I think people enjoy. Absolutely. I like they, it's like some people might take that as a negative thing. Like, oh my God, are you like... <laughs> this one feels a little tightening. Some other ones feel a little more like expansive, like it's open. Let's have a try. Yeah, so we'll we got trade. two We got, we got got two of them here. Um, and looks like both of these are from Eye Crusher. Eye Crusher been killing it lately. I mean, the oil's nice and thick. I like that. I, I do like the fact that it's nice and thick. I definitely feel it in my eyes. I feel yeah, it I coming like over media, my eyes, uh, similar to, yeah, yo, headband. I mean, I, I'm telling you, headband, I no joke felt like a band around my head. There's no other way to explain it, but like almost like an aura around my head when I smoked that headband stuff. Have you noticed how like a lot of cannabinoids we don't really know about, they'll always say it's good for glaucoma, like it provides ocular pressure relief? No. I've, I've, like whenever I was studying cannabinoids, you know, before they were really readily available, or we knew much about them, CBC, CBG, you know, all of them, that's one of the few things that they'll say, like, is an observed effect that they actually know about is the ocular pressure relief, which I guess they use for glaucoma patients. And I've always wondered if when I feel that headband, if that's ocular pressure relief or... Uh, it has something to it. These are 
So, so we got these from two different vendors. They look pretty similar in color. I think it's probably the same oil. Two different I think vendors. Different terps, though. One hundred percent different more terps. Like a berry, and this is like a. This is like a melon, like a melon or. A, this an, is more like a. I think they said it was gelato. It's more of a berry sort of flavor. Yeah, it's it's weird, but um, interesting. It definitely gets definitely a feeling stoned. So yeah, there's definitely a stone feeling. I would say that. Uh, more on the heavier side, honestly, I would say. And for me, I'm not a very big user, but I definitely, I'd say it's a stronger feeling of Delta 8 is, is more, I'd say. I w could I, I would almost say I feel like a nice, cozy, relaxed feeling. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to stand up. I feel like very... very yeah, more like an edible, more like a lighter edible indica feeling. Um that obviously we've only just started, but I feel still pretty clear-headed, you know, still pretty clear-headed. Um, Delta 9, as I said, is something, I don't know, this is like, this is nice. I'm enjoying this, honestly. I think it's, uh, especially to have it fresh in the morning as opposed to like yesterday, which is like so many different cannabinoids. Right. <laughs> um, with Delta 8, when I first started playing with it, I'd smoke it like in the middle of the day or the end of the day, and I'd never feel it because I always had THC Delta 9 in my yeah. system. And then I started doing it first thing in the morning. I got great energy, like go clean your house kind of energy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think, I think, think that's the thing. We are slowly, and that's why I just love being a part of this industry because it is so fascinating. To, it's, like, it's like we've been given this puzzle that – needs to be put together and there's just so many different components and so many angles to it and so much opportunity whether it's ancillary products it's whether it's you know the terpenes whether it's cannabinoids whether it's the fiber whether it's you know the renewable energy it's just keeps on giving and i really believe that it's gonna help revolutionize this world like i i genuinely do and i think that the stuff that we're huffing and puffing on right now i think in the cannabinoids i think absolutely has its place but i think that there's going to be a very big dominant like much bigger whether it, like hempcrete or like other like things that can literally revolutionize the whole world paper seen, for instance the price of wood recently it's ridiculous it, like tripled over the past six months I'm thinking, go get some fiber, some wood glue, a hot press, start making plywood. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, uh, well, that really, a lot of this, unfortunately, all comes back to inflation, right? And it comes back to uh, just the ridiculous printing of money that the American government calls quantitative easing um, that is effectively just reducing buying power across the board if you're not some of the super wealthy at the very top and it's just bonkers to see how much like specifically lumber um has just been going up even housing housing has been going up ridiculously as well i think like 22 percent or something uh it's crazy i bought years. a house five six years ago it's more than doubled in value which, <laughs> which is awesome it's great it's yeah but then you're in the situation where it's like well if i sold it I'd have to go buy somewhere else that's also probably doubled in value. And then, you know, if my house is doubled in value in three years, and in the last three years we've printed, I, 
it's like thirty percent of the money in circulation right now was printed in the last year. The so it's like more is it more money. The so far COVID COVID has cost more money has been spent on COVID than the whole of World War One and Two combined. In today's money, wow. Yeah. You can't just take and, and six World trillion dollars and just saying we need to inject this now. It's like I see it as like you know I see it as like you know this dead body just sort of being passed out. And you get the electric shock out. And it's like give them the six trillion dollars. It's like Doof. it's like okay we got a heartbeat again. And it's like oh no we're still doing the same things again and again and again and you know pushing out the debt cycle and just all of these like ridiculous things that is really coming back to one thing. And, and I think that that is cryptocurrency. And I think that cryptocurrency is now giving us the opportunity to. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say, you know what? We don't necessarily need to play that. And while there's all these other people up here and they want to be like basically just devaluing our currency and uh, we have no choice in that matter, nor do we have a choice in where our dollars are spent or anything like that. Well, we could uh, just have Bitcoin instead. And I think it's and, and I think it really gives a lot of power back to the people. Where do you see uh, blockchain technology playing the most like important role over the next five or 10 years in can in cannabis? Is it something like VeChain for supply chain tracking? Is it something like NFTs for like strain authentication? Is it some I mean, what? what do you oh, think my of? God. I mean, it's just so big to even like i think just just what's the most important right it's like i look at it as like getting paid, there's just so many possible areas of this world that needs like a leg up really and i think that the first thing is to probably I think DeFi is huge, honestly. I, Especially I like in it's, this cash-only industry. Like, we're it, unbanked for the most part. Yeah, my I mean, 66... analytical lab's unbanked. They're an analytical lab. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy just to think how, um, how privileged we are to have something called a bank, right? And if you just happen to be in a country which is 66% of this world's population doesn't have banking... But they have smartphones. Yeah. Now it's like if you're bar it, it, just the barriers of entry have just been dropped to basically play in the financial world. And, and, and whether if you're the person in El Salvador where $10 is a shit ton of money, um, you shouldn't really have any different barriers to entry for somebody who has a billion dollars. And now this is going to have a borderless payment system that isn't governed by any government body and can't be devalued because 
it can't be just printed. And so it gives financial freedom to people to make a decision of where to put their value or their energy realistically. And, you know, I, I look at my son now, he's three, and I think he'll probably look, I think he, he's probably going to be in the generation of like, they'll be talking about, you used to carry around paper in your pocket and that was such a, must have been an odd thing. Like, well, what we did you do younger, when you had like... When we were younger, our parents carried around checkbooks. Yeah. I mean, I even, like, I, 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 I remember I turned 13 and got my first bank account and they gave me a checkbook and I never used it. And, you know, since then, you know, debit cards have become readily available and now there's the payment apps, you know, Venmo and Zelle and, and PayPal. But, um, yeah, you're, you're definitely, definitely right. It's going to be a huge change financially. And, for instance, I send some hemp products to, to Europe. Sure. You know, I've got customers who, when they send me a wire, not only does it cost them, cost them $30, um, but it takes like seven days to get to me. That doesn't make any sense. I mean... Well, we just had the biggest noise pop into our headphones from the computer yeah, there. It was, scary. <laughs> it was like, holy shit. <laughs> Keep the cool. Oh, so whoa. like 10 minutes later or so, yeah. Any changed effects? I feel pretty much. It might have I feel pretty. Kind of, I feel pretty high, honestly. As but I, as I said, so for me, don't really. I smoke more D eight. Uh, I I do. I have sort of been enjoying. I got went to a few of the dispensaries here actually. But I'd say that I'm feeling, I'm feeling noticeable effects. Is is what I would say. And uh, yeah, I I feel like I feel like my knees tapping and like like. Uh, more like elevated, I suppose. I'm more like wanted to like move and do stuff. I suppose is how is how I'm feeling more maybe up. Yeah, I feel more up than when I initially did it. It was initially very relaxing, and my my neck and shoulders are, are really relaxed, which I can tell just because they're normally, you know, a stress tense. I carry tense. Yeah, now I guess I feel a little stoned. That's pretty interesting. I've been following uh, Dr. Mark Scaldone over the years. He's on Hash Church, and he and yeah. I've gone back and forth. When I was developing D8 stuff a couple of years ago, he was helping me with, with some testing and stuff. And uh, he's had it for a while. They patented it, which, I mean, it's been patented a few times in the past. I think they just had a method they patented. And uh, he never, at least to my recollection, mentioned it being like THC or having a high. Um, CBND is another one apparently that's supposed to have a similar Interesting. effect. I heard, and I don't know if there's CO. I don't think there's COAs for this yet. So this is yeah, you're bringing up a very me, good point right now. Somebody else told me this is three different stereoisomers, which I think the next comment in the thread said, "Can you only not have two stereoisomers?" But I don't know. Maybe they're just different positions. I'm not not a chemist. I just play one in a lab <laughs> yeah yep. yeah yeah it's so this is the thing right what exactly is it i think again because there's no standards for it they could see the peaks on the chromatograph right that basically says boom this is to this standard uh or this is this at least is 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 coming off at those uh time frames right 
Yeah, I mean, I would assume. Right, isn't it the light? So light, basically, as it comes down, the light refracts through it, and then depending on the time, on the time it, yeah. it's the it's when you time. know. Okay, well, this is CBD. This is THC. This is HHC because it's so far down the line or whatever it so, is. So you should be able to do that. I mean, with an HPLC, I would think you kind of have to have a standard to work with to base it off of. But MS, there's like electric libraries, I believe, that you can reference. Um, but I, I don't know exactly. I haven't seen the COA. I don't think they have COAs. I would hope they have some chromatography they're sharing with people. But... But we might be putting the cart in front of the horse. It's kind of like the first couple months D8 really popped off. Uh, everything was purple and red and really low numbers and really high D9. And yep. now it's gotten a lot better. But I'm not sure I would have told someone in my family to go buy D8 six months ago or a no. year ago. And now I wouldn't feel as worried about it, but I'd still, you know... There's a lot of businesses out there now, and I think that I think people are beginning to get more educated. I'm definitely like stretching a good bit now. Like, I'm saying I'm feeling. I'd say it's. I feel pretty good. I feel uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's it's real interesting. It's pretty similar to D eight D nine. Pretty similar body and head feelings. Yeah. But little little different. Still got kind of the the headband feeling. Uh, yeah. But but yeah, it's uh, definitely definitely took the edge off my coffee. I was a little jittery and it kind of mm-hmm. chilled it out. Um, so we'll see. This is the next. This is the so next this D8. is the next. Yeah, this is the next cannabinoid, uh, and I think this is going to be a big one. Uh, like CBG sort of flopped. Doesn't do anything. It doesn't really do. Oh, it's good for your gut, right? But it's not like doesn't doesn't seem to have again it's just we don't know yet there hasn't been enough studies well so i don't know if smoking it cures covid but it might (laughs) because they say covid lives like in in your like throat and respiratory system and then if the cbga is able to kill MRSA, i mean who knows who knows who knows but that cbga would be turned into cbg by the time it got in there right this is true i don't know if the cbg has the same antimicrobial properties but uh, but it might. Th THCP is starting to float around too, and CBDP. I don't know much about the CBDP's effects, but the THCP. How did it both get you seriously whacked though? Like, I saw someone on LinkedIn today who selling some, and he said, took a few too many hits, and now it feels like I'm on mushrooms. So. We'll see how long that one sticks around. <laughs> yeah, I think it's too strong. I think that if I think I think I think that the company has a responsibility to not release. It's like releasing fentanyl. Yeah. Right. Like. Well, yeah, they're mixing it in at one percent, and I noticed some of the one percent. It's. I'm seeing stuff that's like one percent, eighty percent delta eight, and then some other stuff as well, and it's like. At least for me, I'd probably rather it in a in a more inert cannabinoid, something like CBD or CBT or CBC or something that's not going to really, you know. Because then if I'm smoking the THCP, I'm probably feeling the Delta 8 as well. Have you, uh, have you tried or heard anything about Delta 10? I've heard a lot about it. I've stayed away from it because every time I see someone selling it, I'm like, can I get a COA? And it's like 20% Delta 10. 
And I think the problem with it in the hemp industry is, from my understanding, you have to go from, you have to start with, with Delta 9. You can't do it from Delta 8. Yeah. And, and technically all Delta 8 goes through Delta 9 as well, but in the fucking flask. Sorry, I don't know if I'm supposed to curse on your show. No, um, whatever, <laughs> man. It's all right. You right can on. do your thing. Uh, but, but in Shame the, on you. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's family friendly. We're family friendly. Um, but, but it's like you're not storing D9 somewhere, but if you're going from CBD to D9 to D10, maybe that all happens in the same flask too all at, all at once. I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the process. Well, um, I think it's a little ridiculous to be bodied just certain cannabinoids based on the fact that they're cousins of a of a family member right like delta it's just like well if it has delta in there we gotta get it out but and you can see what these small changes can do you know the difference between cbd and delta 8 and delta 9 it's literally the same it's an isomer the same molecule but two of the three are very psychoactive and then you know you can make some small changes and get to thcp and you're 100 times more potent and apparently lasts for three days so, so I see what you mean. We can't necessarily just be throwing all these cannabinoids out there because it's not necessarily, I mean, if the general consumer just picks up random cannabinoids at a gas station, eventually that's going to be problematic. But I'm also worried about all these other side reactions that are happening. You know, yeah, there comes a point. What looking for. Is it these quinones or these HHUs or who knows? Yeah, or even just you know, poor reactions, I think. Yeah, that stuff with the the guy Ion. What was it? Ion Fe- trap. The Ion trap. Yeah. Yeah, what a lot of shit, huh? <laughs> like him versus King of the Kush. But I think it was uh It was a quite a unique thing. But I did think it brought up that hey, the, uh, again, it was obviously all blown out of proportion. Like some of these other compounds, the Cressols or the Phytols. Um, Cymene, P-Cymene. Yeah, there didn't seem to be. It didn't seem there. We did. I as think that the KCA did thought. that random, random, like, pull from ten samples. And that made me feel a lot better. Yeah. So it's just like a lot of horseshit. Yeah, but I I think like I said six months ago, a year ago, that might not have been the case. Six months ago, or a year ago, when everything was purple and red and not properly fully converted or cleaned up and nobody was doing any sort of post-processing i mean maybe those things were there or maybe those things were present in the literature because they were using weird shit in the labs like organometallics or you know other more you know gross stuff yeah they come and so i think it's important i think there should i mean should there be regulation i mean I think that I think that it's important to have standards to abide by. You know, I, I think that's very important. And I think that um, I think things can get dangerous quick. And I don't think we'll self-regulate like Ion Trap was like, you guys should be self-regulating. Push the bad actors out. And that's like you realize like, the everybody's, police. especially with hemp and D8, it's like there's too much, too, too much of us and... And people buy shit too. Like you go to a dispensary, there's all sorts of low grade products I wouldn't touch that people buy up. But there's people day. like that, right? And every to each their own. And I think everybody has a budget. And I think that the main thing is is that people are informed that they make the right decision for them. And whether that's 
you know, a, a $5 gram or if it's a $20 gram. I think that everything has its place and uh, I, I think I think that if, and if it's at a really low grade, let's extract the oil and put it into edibles, right? Or right. distill it and pure and so we can really utilize this whole entire plant as cleanly as possible, really. Um, and this thing grows so quick. I mean, like <laughs> it really grows like a weed. It's crazy. And there's some parts of the of the world, you know, equatorial places, you just all year round, you know, fiber, seed, oil. I mean, they made cars out of it at one point. Well, not in production, but the first Model T, I believe, was made out of hemp. It was supposed to be like indestructible, but they weren't driving too fast back then. <laughs> See how that holds up at 100 miles an hour. Yeah, not looking too good there. Or maybe, maybe who knows? And uh, that that hempcrete with lime, that stuff's like crazy durable and super lightweight. And I think it's flame retardant. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, it works well as insulation. Um, like it's so versatile it's unbelievable animal bedding i mean you name it there's just i think the hemp plastics once it really comes in it's just huge biodegradable hemp plastics. yeah yeah we've got that on our cartridges uh not on our carts on our uh on our blunts and um nice. yeah just really really nice to be able to know that it's going to decompose and it's just not going to sit somewhere forever basically <laughs> yeah i'd like to see the industry move away from a little of the unnecessary packaging and and i don't know it's uh i guess it's not not too crazy but but we use pretty minimal packaging and try to use rechargeable batteries and refillable cartridges and that kind that's why i don't like i really i don't like the the disposables, right? These one-time use is just like, um, yeah, it feels nice in your hand, but can we have like a recharge and like, can we just get different cars that go in there? Like, why do we need to throw away the battery? Right. Right. Why even give a charger? Like you can recharge it once or whatever. That was probably, uh, for, uh, probably the room. All right. Um, so I'm sitting here with uh, one of your extracts, Eric. Yeah. And uh, it looks pretty dank here, and it's and it's hemp. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a sour lifter from Oregon CBD. We made that uh, about nine months ago after the last hemp harvest. We uh, we do a pretty small scale, pretty small batch. We um, went went through the field that we have access to that we make our terpenes out of and basically hand selected a couple hundred plants and worked from there. And uh, it was great. My partner and I, by the time we were done uh, pulling plants, our noses were both just like black covered in, in resin. We were really getting in there. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're real happy with, uh, with that. We have this new license from the OLCC that allows us to bring uh, hemp products with up to 5% THC into the recreational market into metric nice and uh that's that's one of our products that we do and i think it's it stands out and it's interesting because most hemp 
products have to be below 0.3 THC, and you don't really get that entourage effect. Most people are working with isolates, distillates, mm -hmm. and then watering it down. Um, and then in the recreational market, most people don't want to spend their time and energy on CBD stuff, especially in this day and age when hemp and CBD stuff's all over the fucking, I'm swearing again, <laughs> all over the, uh, you know, all over the place. So there's no reason to do it. But but this, um, much like D8, I was doing it in the morning. It just has a little bit of THC in there, but much more, 15 times more than anything on the hemp shelf. So it's mm -hmm. like you still feel a little bit, but it doesn't get you too stoned and you still get the full... Uh, you know, full spectrum entourage effect. And we're also doing uh, hemp RSO, which, you know, most people can't do because it's, you know, going to be 5% when you extract it down. Because um, for those listening, if you don't know, hemp typically, you know, when you harvest it, it's going to be 0.3, you hope, percent THC. But a lot of times it's closer to 1%, um, really. At least, At yeah. least. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Some people do get stuff that's, below 0.3 that they use for flour and a lot of it goes so much work to get it to the 0.3 or below just so many processes it's, to get it there it's like ridiculous it's a problem so so then when you uh, concentrate a flour you're going to typically have a five to ten percent uh you know multiplication of your starting cannabinoids so if we had 0.5 percent uh thc in a flower our extract's going to be about five percent thc so uh it's it's been interesting a lot of uh older people like it because they don't want to necessarily get into dabs because the thc dabs get you really high mm -hmm. but they're starting to learn that it's sometimes easier than flour to smoke you don't have to roll it up and it's cleaner just because you're removing all those plant lipids and mm -hmm. waxes which like we said earlier might serve some benefit there's definitely different effects when you smoke, smoke flour versus concentrates. But for me personally, I typically like the concentrates because flour just feels dirty at this point. I always mm. say it's like if you smoke a brand new bong, brand new bong, fresh, clean water with a bowl of flour, you wouldn't want to drink that bong water. Like one hit, it already tastes and smells gross. <laughs> but a dab rig, you know, I've had dab rigs around that I don't change the water for like, you know, weeks and it's still clear and doesn't smell weird or anything yeah because it's know? clean filtered and we pulled all that all that crap out and especially and there's now that so much crap it. people for those of you who don't know there's so much crap from your just target the molecules what 15 20 sometimes crazy high 30 percent that means you have 70 percent plant cellulose lipids waxes fiber yeah. pigments i mean yeah just everything ants Ants, insects, spider mice, bird poop. <laughs> yeah, just the outdoor stuff. Just the outdoor stuff, garbage just happened to be around there. And we can even remove pesticides in some instances. Yes. And some people get scared of the CRC, and yeah, sometimes depending on how you do it, you pull desirable terpenes that you would have rather kept. But um, in general, I don't see what the problem is with having a cleaner, more refined product. That's the same reason I started smoking concentrates and mm -hmm. back when i did that people were really skeptical of concentrates too i mean and now people are more skeptical of concentrates that look cleaner but i mean corn oil or sorbine oil or olive oil i mean they look real gross when you initially extract them we use the same powders the same filtration techniques to clean our oil that we cook with and, and eat all the time and and 
people for whatever reason get scared about it in this in this new product. I think they're just not informed and and I think that there's also bad actors that, uh, that get a lot of the attention and then it suddenly turns into a you know just a, people are afraid and they don't want CRC but then they also don't want dark extracts and so it's like uh, it's a funny thing sometimes where uh it's a, it's an even medium. I think it's a you you have to find the the nice balance of it, or you know fire in fire out. I still think even though it still acts as a point of filtration, right? And it and it and it it does clean up your extract. So, I mean, it's pretty minimal loss. Yeah, like we're really not five to ten percent much. I mean, we're pulling, you know, pigments and sometimes extra fats and lipids and sometimes some terpenes but uh you know it's really we're not adding anything and we're not taking away anything that's super important i know this one lady who um she really likes rso but she doesn't like it like too clear looking she's like i need the chlorophyll i need the chlorophyll for mm. it to work which i don't know maybe she does and she knows something i don't I'm like, go chew on some grass. Like, <laughs> go, yeah. go eat. The chlorophyll. Yeah, the, there's definitely been something though about the power RSO in the way that it is, and it's crazy. It's 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 unbelievable what it can do, and uh, I think there's so many angles where we don't know. We just don't know. And I don't know compared to like distillate that might still be considered full spectrum. Mm -hmm. That's more cleaned up than RSO. Like, I don't know if anybody's ever done a side by side on you know fighting cancer or whatever else they're doing with the RSO with distillate maybe maybe they're still getting better effects with the full spectrum RSO that's still got the lipids and the waxes and you know the, the heads and the tails and everything else that you would have pulled out when you made the distillate mm -hmm. I'd be really <clears> curious <throat> to see but like then again like I said like with the Israel case it's like you got to make sure it's from the same plant you got to make sure it's like the same crude versus the same distillate with the same kind of people, same control group. Can't just say distillate versus RSO, one's better, one's not, because I'm sure in some instances, if you go either direction. Yeah, I think there's no question full spectrum is better. Um, and, uh, and ideally as much as the plant as it, basically as much of the plant as possible without the actual biomass, I think is like the, yeah, and I'm excited to see the carts that are one to one to one to one to one to one to one, you know, the CBD and the THC Delta Eight and Delta Nine and this HHC and you know, just a full so full spattering. What are your thoughts? Uh, we've been hearing now puffing on this for maybe like twenty thirty minutes now. Um, what do you think is your feelings and effects after puffing on this HHC for a while? I've got good energy. Still feel little stone still have the headband feel almost like i'm floating a little like i feel feel kind of kind of lightweight uh all, all in all you know pretty impressive uh i might you know might add that to my regiment i don't know exactly how different it feels from delta eight or delta nine i mean it's really similar feeling honestly i'm not sure what would make me reach for that good enough for the delta nine yeah i mean at some point i suppose at some point if you had them in front of you which would you choose which would i, I choose? see this is the thing for me i'm I, 
Well, it just goes back to if it was in a world where maybe they're not legal, then your 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 options change. You'll always go for the HHC if it was no option at all, right? That well, was you know, that's I'm, sort of the. I'm going the to Texas. I'm huh? going to Texas right after this, and it's like I guess this doesn't have a COA and a label and a box that says HHC. So for all they know, if they pull me over, that's Delta Nine. But it's like I feel a lot more comfortable with this HHC than sure. you know bringing back some Nevada, Nevada mids. Yeah. But I've, I've got my CBDA live resin with me, so we're good. All right, well, I think we'll call it that, bud. Um, time to go back to champs. Yeah, time to go working. back to champs. Uh, tell us again, Eric, where can we where can we find you? Where can we get your terpenes? Um, uh, you can find me at fatdogcbd.com. Are my uh, Instagrams Farmex Oregon P with a P? Oh yeah, P H A R M E X, like pharmaceutical extractions. Killer, killer. Well, look, thank you very much. It was uh, very enjoyable, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for having me. All right, peace.